Welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church, Accra. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 25, God says, I'll refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Does God care about you? Do you need divine wisdom for living? Tune in to the refreshing words of Calvary Baptist Church as Reverend Dr. Fred Digby, the senior pastor, and other ministers share the word of God with you. This on every Saturday from 8 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM. And now, the message. Hello, beloved in the Lord. It is my joy to welcome you to this refreshing word coming to you from the Calvary Baptist Church of the Ghana Baptist Convention. This is Pastor Fred Daly. I hope you had a good Easter. The story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is ever fresh and is ever new. And we have to remind ourselves over and over and over again every year to celebrate it and know that is more real. It is a powerful story, just as powerful as you commemorate your birthday or the day on which you were born or any particular anniversary of a loved one or of a friend. We're taking time off or did not follow the sequence of Luke, but rather to jump ahead and look in terms of the chapters. We looked at the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. We looked at his death, burial, and resurrection. So we are going back now to chapter 8. That's one of the amazing things about expository preaching. You can find a lot of themes, but sometimes you may have to go back and forth. So today we'll be looking at the story of those who supported the ministry of Jesus or how to support the ministry of the Lord. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Master, we come before you. We thank you for who you are to us, our Maker, our Redeemer, and our Friend. You came to die for us, but you also live. You live forever in giving us a task to proclaim your word, to teach your word, and to live your word. Help me to share your word with your own people that will be edified, encouraged, and challenged to see how we can support the work you've left for us to do with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. As is in Jesus, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. For today's lesson, we're reading Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. Luke 8, 1 to 3. Soon afterward, he was traveling from one town and village to another, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary called Magdalene. Seven demons had come out of her. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Harold Stewart, Susanna, and many others were supporting them from their possessions. The Lord blessed the reading and the teaching of his word to our hearts. Amen. In this passage recorded for us, we do not only see or hear the narration of what was done, but we also learn a secret 
of what caused the ministry of Jesus to expand, even up to now, and what you and I should do and can continue to do to strengthen the work of God, to support the servants of God, to empower the church of God, to finish the task that the Lord has left us. That even our Lord himself needed some people who supported the ministry financially. These are days when you raise the support for ministry, you have so many people objecting and they lump everybody together, those who do not cheat them, including those who cheat them. But whether we like it or not, if you are a believer in the Lord and he has saved you, as you will see, you have an obligation to support the ministry of the Lord. Here we see in this passage what is happening. It's an interesting passage because we know Jesus himself. We may see him as somebody who came from God, who did the work of God. Yes, which is true. But we also learn something, that he received financial support for his ministry. And some of the people who supported him are named over here. And we also see the type of ministry that is carefully distinguished over here. It looks like he had a preaching ministry, but he also had a disciple ministry. And then those who supported him, supported him because of their own salvation. So we see how he was supported to do the kind of thing that he wanted to do. Jesus had a preaching ministry. That's the first thing that we see, that Jesus did business. His business was preaching. Like somebody said some time ago, that churches do business, except they do not know what the, their business is. They, are, they think their business is owning shops, owning factories, owning schools. Well, those are important. But the business of the church is the gospel. Jesus' ministry was supported because he was in business, and preaching was Jesus' business. That's why he came, and that was his primary reason. And that was why he called us into ministry. He calls us to mission. So the Bible tells us clearly, he took the step one after the other to make sure that he accomplished what he was supposed to be doing. His primary task of preaching and proclaiming the gospel never left him. He did not linger in fellowship with people too much. He taught them, he healed them, but he was faithful and consistent in preaching and proclaiming the gospel. The Lord was doing whatever he wanted to do. And he did not only do it in a corner somewhere. Let's see what, 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 what he says here in Luke's gospel. He says they supported the ministry because Jesus went throughout every city and every village preaching. Hmm. Our Lord went to every city and every village preaching. He needed to go. He had compassion for souls, not only those in the city, but those in the village. He was not willing for anybody to perish. And so he was willing to exert himself, to push himself. And these were days before the comfort of vehicle, radio, and television. So whatever the gospel had to go, wherever the gospel had to go, he had to go himself. 
and he not only seek to be in the cities, he went to the villages and preached there. He preached everywhere, he taught everywhere. Sometimes he went to the synagogue, it looks like sometimes he could take a boat and preach, or go to the mount and preach. The whole thrust of his being alive, or moving from place to place, was to go where he could find people to preach to and reach them with the gospel. This was the kind of ministry that people supported. You see, wherever he went, whatever he needed to do, they supported him to go because that was what he wanted to do. He saw that as what his father had called him to do. And he was, he was clear about it. In Luke 4, 43, he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities for therefore I am sent it is for this that I am sent or in Luke 19 10 the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost so it was clear what he wanted to do in John 18 37 said to this end was I born and for this cause I came into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth Everyone that is of the truth will hear my voice. So he was clear about the preaching ministry. This is what he lived for. This is what he was born to do, proclaiming the message everywhere. And let me ask you, are you proclaiming it? Are you teaching it? Do you know what the message is? That God is out there to save everyone. That nobody needs to perish. We must all be born again and come clear. To do the will of God. See, and these people supported the ministry of Jesus because they could discern that this was a true gospel, the ministry that proclaimed good news to everybody. Jesus preached, he taught, and he 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 could just teach, and people would know that this is the word of God. He touched the need of people. Whatever he did was supposed to be a way of showing them to God. In fact, in the Gospel of John, the miracles that Jesus did were called signs. They were signs just for them to see that he's a real one. It's like there's a traffic light. You stop at the traffic signal. And there's red, there's yellow, and there's green. Green says, go. Yellow says, wait. Red, stop. What Jesus was doing was preaching to us that look, look, this is the time. Be ready. This is amber, yellow, yellow time. Wait and listen. You make a choice. You either choose my way, choose to receive me, walk my way. That's a green light to the kingdom. Or you face the consequences of your action, which is red, red light, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the devil. And so he touched on all of these messages. He touched, he touched on all of these areas. And these people, these people named in this account, were willing to support him. They made it possible for him to go. Today, thank God, we are on radio. The gospel is on TV. It's on the internet. There are tracts. There are books. Because some are willing, some are able some make a lot of sacrifice or Bible translation, prayer ministries, healing ministries, deliverance ministries, 
evangelistic ministries, social ministries, hospital care ministries, all because they want people to hear the word of God. Are you supporting any of these? That's why the Lord will bless us sometimes with resources. And when we have those resources, like those who are named here, we also do whatever we can to support the ministry of God. But there's something that was said about them also. Not only the preaching ministry of God, as much as that was important. It says the 12 were with Jesus. Oh, the 12 were with Jesus. We glean from here, or we see clearly from here, that Jesus was not alone. He had disciples who supported him. The 12, because he had called the 12 and they were with him. And this is important. Because, you see, it takes more than one person to do ministry, particularly the times in which we live. Jesus could have come and taught by himself, but he didn't. He knew that he had to leave the baton for some other people, and he wanted these disciples to follow him. Wherever he went, they followed him. They could hear him. They would see him in action. He taught them. He lived his life before them. This was a very, very important part of their ministry. What Jesus was stressing here was his own life, his own practice, and his own ministry. Making disciples of others was important to him. He was doing it and leaving a mark with the disciples to see. You see, these were the people who he later on commissioned, the Great Commission, who were going to be his followers. And they were not people who were hiding somewhere, who were just brought and said, no, these are my disciples, go and do what I'm asking to do. They were with him. They were with him. They saw him. You can recall many, many times when they were with him. For instance, when the 5,000 was there, he was teaching them, teaching them, teaching them. And when the time came for them to go, the disciples said, let them go. Jesus said, find them food, find them something to eat. So where are we going to find food for these people to eat? Well, they saw for themselves how the Lord is able to meet the need of people. With a, a small bread and fish, he multiplied it and asked people to sit in groups. And these disciples were the ones who were distributing the food and later on to collect it. What a lesson they would have learned. His disciples were with him when the boat was capsizing. And they went, Lord, don't you care? And he got up and rebuked the sea. And they said, who is this? Who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. They were with him when he possibly raised Lazarus. They were with him, the widow of Nain. They were with him. They just were with him. Looking at his manners, they were with him. When people rejected him and they said, let us call fire, let us kill these people, he said, no, no, that is not our mission. So they lived and walked with him intimately. These people were in full-time ministry. That's what I'm saying. Full-time ministry, reading, teaching, reading their life, reading the life of their master, he teaching them, learning and imbibing. They left everything. And what made it possible? Because the women and some others 
made money, supplied their resources to make their ministry possible. The support of the women in this ministry was critical, for it is doubtful if these fishermen and all the things that they did would have been possible, but for these women. Today, let me ask you, as a child of God, are you supporting the institutions that are out there? I cannot name all of them, but I can certainly say some of them are doing a great job. The Bible translators, the student unions, the scripture unions, the Garfesses, and all these other things. Today we talk about moral decay. We talk about falling standards. We talk about people, uh, children who don't know their left from their right. But you know, it takes some investment in people who commit themselves to the task before others are taught, before others are trained. And some of us can testify about people who lived in our campuses, who sacrificed everything because some people were supporting them. That's why they were teaching us and correcting us. Friends, let us look at this discipleship ministry again and support people so that they will be able to do what they've been called to do. It may sound blasphemous, but can I say that the ministry of Jesus may have been more difficult if he didn't have people supporting him. Or let me say it positively. Because of what we read here, because the gospel acknowledges them, it means their role was very important. It wasn't one of the things Jesus had to think about. Today, because people have become so critical, they become so stingy, they have become so calculating, and the world has become a very wicked world. Sometimes pastors and preachers and evangelists will have to tell all kinds of stories, almost to the point of extorting money from people. But I believe these women who knew Jesus, who loved him, who were genuinely convinced that he was here to save the world, who supported the ministry, were supporting him and was able to do a lot of things that brought glory and honor to God and brought the kingdom closer to people. Now, look, he was not only teaching, he was making disciples. And I tell you, making disciples is not easy. I remember I, I'm a trained chaplain. I was teaching a group of students and I wanted them to know how to do pastoral care and ministry. And I said, I'll send you to a hospital to go and visit people, go there only two times. And I taught them what to do, how to minister to patients, not to stand at one end and be shouting, shouting. No. So we went there. They followed me. And we went from bed to bed. Why are you here? What brings you here? What is your story? What can we do? Took about 30 minutes to each patient and then two, three, or four. After we did that, some of them had developed relationships and they had to keep on going there over and over and over again. The limit was to go twice, but they had such an empathy, they had such interest, they had formed a bond with these people that they continued over and over and over again at their own expense. And sometimes they, later on they had to stop because they couldn't afford it. What am I saying here? Discipleship, cultivating people, needs investment. Either somebody has the money to put in it himself 
or some people who have been blessed have been blessed by God so that they can be a blessing to the ministry. Are you one of them? Can we pray, Lord, send people who have the resources, who are willing, who have a heart, who can see the need and meet the need, building churches and hospitals and sponsoring pastors and teachers and all those people so that they can be disciples for Jesus and also disciple others. Let this be true. As we see the days are critical, may we also do the things that the Lord has commanded us to do. For instance, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, a verse that we like quoting, say, and the things that you have heard among many witnesses, the same teach faithful men who shall be faithful to teach others also. Yes, sometimes people are willing to go. They are willing to go, but if nobody supports them, they may not go. Some have been sent to places because others are sponsoring them. Oh, so there's this Christian from the university. After national service, he's willing to go to a certain village, as difficult as it is, because there are other Christians, his classmates or classmates, who are willing to sponsor and top it up a little bit. Can we do that? Can we think of creative ways of discipling others so that they can also be a disciple among the difficult terrains and regions where the word of God is needed? That is what was done. That is why the gospel is here today. Some people left their countries and came here to disciple us. We can also leave and go to other places. And they are waiting. The world is waiting to see if we do what they did. Today we are talking about people who supported the ministry and seeing the women who supported. But the third thing we see is that these people who supported the ministry of Jesus did it as their stewardship. They supported out of devotion to God. They were grateful for their salvation. They were grateful for what God has done for them. They believed in the gospel. They believed in the ministry of Jesus that the Lord had reached out to them and therefore they were also willing to reach out to others. Now let's look at the, the four groups of people who are named here or the three people who are named in the fourth category. And let's see what happens. We are told there Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, who is named here, that she was one of the people who sponsored the ministry of Jesus. We are told she was delivered from seven demons in Luke 8.2 and was one of the primary financiers who supported the ministry of Jesus. She was a very courageous woman who stood by the cross. She was there. And the one Jesus appeared to after his resurrection. Bold woman, her whole life was just to thank God, to thank Jesus for what he had done for her. Are you grateful what the Lord has done for you? And out of gratitude for your salvation, for your deliverance, for being given a second chance, support the ministry. Look at Joanna. Her husband was Herod Stewart. He was a court official. And mean the husband had a very good job to do. And possibly the wife was also well off. Whatever it is, they were generous enough. They may have had a need. They may have had a ministry. Or they may have been touched by Jesus. And they were willing to support Jesus. So that his ministry can prosper, can prosper. Do you have the means? Do you have the resources? 
Don't spend it on only what you, are. you can eat and drink and live in this world, but so into eternity. Then there's Susanna. We don't know much about her, but the fact that she's mentioned here means she was a prominent disciple who was known by the people in her time and days, known to Luke or those around Luke. Everyone knew her. She served in a capacity. She was not in the forefront, but she was at the background blessing the word of God. She was such a devoted servant in giving that we know her name. But there's a group of people here. And I like what the Bible did. And there were many others. Well, what you see here, therefore, is that the Bible was not set out to give the name of everybody from Alpha to Zebra about who gave for the ministry. And we are not told that the people who were named were those who necessarily gave the biggest. It could be. It may not be. But we are told in verse 3 and that there were many others. Many, many others. The truth is that there are many in churches who do not give anything. There are many who hear the word of God, who do not pray for the ministry, who don't do anything. But we are told that the reason why Jesus' ministry may have prospered was that there were many others who supported. These many others, my dear listening friend, may I suggest to you, represent the unknown people, the quiet people, the silent followers, the admirers who give their CDs and their passwords and their dollars here and there to support the ministry of the church, to support the missionary work, to support Bible translation, to support all that needs to be done. They give for the Lord's glory. It is not important to them that they should be seen in the limelight, like the widow to give her might so that the temple services to go on. They serve completely in the background, never up front, totally unknown. But look here, my dear listening friend. They are faithful and they serve consistently and faithfully and God knows them. These were the stars who made the ministry of Jesus possible. And these are the people who can make the work possible. Christianity has reached a third of the, of the world. We have many more to go. And the many more to go need empowering. They need resources. They need prayer. The missionaries have to work and feed the flock. Churches need to be built. Schools need to be renewed. The poor, the marginalized, need to be touched. Is the Lord calling you to join this class of people? They supported the ministry of Jesus. Yes, yeah, the father owes the cattle on a thousand hills. He could have rained them down. Jesus asked the disciple, Peter, to go and bring fish and caught it and took money from the mouth. He could do all those things. By trusting you and I to support a ministry of teaching, to support a ministry of propagating the word, and to turn to him out of love and support what he has done for us. That is what the Lord will do. That is what the Lord wants us to do. Will you commit your life to him? If he has saved you, will you ask, Lord, what do you want me to do? Yes, you have a part to play. That's why the hymn writer will say in that famous hymn, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let me take the fourth stanza. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite 
will I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as you would choose. The Lord has need of you. Today, we celebrate those who support the ministry of Jesus, who support a good cause. The world celebrates its own. We spend millions and millions and millions on football, on music, and all kinds of things that are left behind. Are you hoarding and hoarding and hoarding things that will not benefit the kingdom? Think about it and give generously to your church, to your fellowship, to a Christian cause, a good soil that will yield unto eternity. Until next week, this is Pastor Fred Digby saying, stay blessed and let the fire burn in you as you serve God both now and forevermore. Amen. This has been the radio broadcast by Calvary Baptist Church with Reverend Dr. Fred Digby, our senior pastor. We hope this message blessed you. Be sure to join us, God willing, next week, the same time and station. We are in Adabaka, opposite Mr. Big's restaurant, near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. Also in Shiashi, across the motorway from the Accra Mall and Botiano. Call us on 0243-690-485 or 0302-231-854. Contact us on WhatsApp at 0200-181-680. Visit us online at www.calvarybaptistgh.org. Write to us, Calvary Baptist Ghana at yahoo.com.